Jesus, we just come to you now and we are asking that you speak to us as we look at your word, that you do something supernatural. God, you know every person in this place and you know their needs. So even as we are asking you to lead us and to even bring healing or speak into situations, we, we thank you Lord, that nothing's impossible for you, that you hear our prayers. God, we submit to you. We wanna do your will. We resist the devil and we thank you that he has to flee. We pray your protection on us and our children. We pray you bless us. If there's anyone in this room, God, without hope, and they don't have a relationship with you, I pray that tonight they would open up their hearts to you. In Jesus' name, everyone believed it said? Amen. Amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. I thought that was excellent. Um, so I'm just chuffed that you can get chinos now as well with your voucher. Um, you can actually get cappuccinos. Cap cappuccino, anyway, bad joke. So we're doing our brand new series, um, Rhythms of Grace. Um, and we ended our previous series last week, Dangerous Prayers. So we are pretty excited. Uh, we have been able to host church here at Tableview, Malkwas and Camps Bay and Church Online. Right now we're actually online. So if you want to, you can actually jump on and share the service. Uh, remember in this season, there's a unique opportunity um, to actually sort of fast track the speed of the gospel going out to your friends on social media. So we've been saying evangelism in this unique season is spelled S-H-A-R-E share and um, so I encourage you to share it and let people have a look in um, at church life and I've no doubt this message will bless them because I think we're all struggling with the speed of life. I don't know if you found that your life's got a bit busier. Anyone feel like their life has just got a bit faster? You know, even in lockdown, life seems slow, but it also seems fast. And I think it's because we are always connected. We've always got Wi-Fi, uh, we've always got access to social media, and, and because of that, I think the speed of life has increased. The scary thing is, maybe productivity has decreased, hey? Um, even though our speed's increased, our productivity has decreased, and I've always been very aware of our need to work. Uh, but I think our lives have gone into a place of mist, uh, where we don't know anything about rest. We only know about work. We only know, uh, know about searching um, on the online. Uh, if you look at your search engine, I can probably find out what you're looking for, what you're shopping for right now, um, your favorite pair of shoes. Um, if you wanna know what you're sort of being, the direction you've been pulled in, just look at the search, your search engine, your, your history on your device, and you must probably see what's getting your attention. Uh, but a lot of us are living very fast. Now, um, um, I've done a lot of weddings around the Western Cape, and I've had some funny scenarios where I've typed in um, the wedding venue's name, and of course it's this wine farm somewhere um, up in Stellenbosch or Paul. But the funniest times, it's happened to me a few times, is um, where you type in the name of the, the farm and it actually ends up at a home address. Um, and I remember um, we all went to AJ's wedding. Who, anyone in the room remember AJ and Shay's wedding? Only a few. Uh, but, but Dino them left before us and they were speeding up. And they ended up in Stellenbosch somewhere at someone's home address. And um, we ended up at the venue. And it was so cool because, uh, well, it was so cool, that's terrible. Now, Dino's my brother-in-law and, and Graham, uh, my father-in-law was also supposed to be at the wedding and they ended up going to the wrong address. So, so when they came late, we just like slow clapped them. Like, you know, well done, and, and it just really grinded them. But anyway, 
it was fun. Um, and we were always trying to get one over my brother-in-law and Graham and just like chirp them a bit. But, but some of us can rush to the wrong place. Some of us are on our way. We're really fast. We, we're going there. We're in a direct, we're going in a direction, but we don't even realize that we're going nowhere fast. Or we're on our way to a destination we don't really want to be in. I don't know if you, if you're just honest with yourself right now, if your marriage kept going in the direction it's going in, it's going to go nowhere. It's in huge trouble. Or if you carried on going the direction you're currently going in, you might find you are addicted to something or you're caught up in major sin. Maybe even your search engine right now would expose that you're on the verge of getting caught up in sin online. But, but you need to be honest with yourself. But the, the, re, the speed that we're going at, I think, is causing us not to actually sit back and actually look at where we're going. And if we really wanna go in that direction. I think we feel rushed, uh, we feel overwhelmed. Um, anyone feeling a bit more anxious? I must be honest with you, um, I told um, our executive team, I reckon about two weeks ago, was it, what, but I was feeling so anxious. I've never, I, it was like my body was almost shaking. Um, and I couldn't actually tell you why I was feeling like that. Of course, we've had a lot of things going on in the life of the church and, and there's been a lot of decisions and, and, and pressures, but, but I've, I felt a bit more anxious. Anyone else? Some people aren't. Just you, Andre. You need to sort yourself. Anyway. But the greatest enemy to the life we want may be the life you're living. Craig Rochelle actually says that. The greatest enemy to the life you want may be the life you're living. And some of us don't even know that. We can't actually even be sure that the life we're living is the life we want right now. And, and I encourage you to, to slow down and reflect and ask yourself, is this re really where I want to go? For some of you, you need to ask, do I really want to be the person I'm being? Like how I'm treating people? And, and I always think we can wake up a bit too late or we can wake up now and we can make some decisions. Now my daughters play netball um, and currently they're playing at a club. Um, they play on Monday night to practice game every Monday night and they practice on Thursdays and they do um, some games on Saturdays. But on Mondays, they play against Panorama Primary. They, my daughters are in VRS and, and this last, last week, Monday, um, they were playing and after the first half, the game was pretty close and then they swapped sides and they started, of course, playing in the opposite direction. What happened was Panorama, I don't know what happened, but all the girls, even though they changed sides, they didn't sort of change where they were going. And they kept throwing the ball back to VRS's um, in, in the direction of where VRS was trying to shoot. And I was loving it. I was cheering them on. Well done, Panorama. You guys are awesome. Because it just meant my, my daughter's team was winning. But, but the parents from the Panorama team were like, stop that game with the ball. Like, you know, like they were shouting, like, no, stop, please. Come on. Like, I was just shouting, come on. Leave them. Anyway. But there's a Chinese proverb that goes like this. If you don't change your direction, you'll end up exactly where you're going. It's so simple, but true. If you don't change your direction, you'll end up exactly where you're going. So yes, my question to you tonight, right up front, based on the life you're living now, if you carry on living like you are, 
Would it lead to more peace or more anxiety? Would it bring more love into your marriage or more disconnect? Maybe even your finances is going to leave you in more debt or it's going to create margin for you to save and be freed up. But based on the life you're living now, where is it leading you to? Thomas Merton says this, people may spend their, um, their whole lives climbing the ladder of success only to find once they reach the top that the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. You know, what a, what a heartbreaking thing to get to the top and go, I'm at the top, then to realize you never really wanted to be there. Uh, this is not what I wanted for my marriage. This is not what I wanted for my life. This is not the career I wanted. So I want to encourage you to take time to actually breathe in and try to find out where this life you're living is actually going. You know, even if you're one degree off, if you live the rest of your life in that direction, you're going to be pretty far off where you want it to be. And if you can figure that out now, you can actually make some changes. But even better than that, instead of trying to figure it all out by yourself, because the Bible says there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. Why don't you try to just follow Jesus? Why don't you just try to get closer to Jesus and start to trust Him with your life? Trust Him to lead your life. Because here's the thing, you might figure it out, but that scripture does point out that you and I don't normally get it right, but Jesus can. The crazy thing with Jesus is when you follow Him and you make a mistake, scripture even says that He can work it all to our good. Yes, there'll be consequences, there'll be lessons, but He can still do a miracle. That He can do exceedingly abundantly above what we can hope, dream, or imagine according to His power at work within us. And so we need to be people who are positioning ourselves to get close to Him. That's, that's why we're actually doing this series at the end of the year, uh, Rhythms of Grace, because we believe as you position yourself, find that rhythm, um, as you end this year strong, you can start next year strong. We do a 21-day fast every year. We're starting the, um, next year's one, the 10th of January, Monday, the 10th of January. I think that's the correct date. And, and we are gonna be doing, what we normally encourage people to do is 14 days of a Daniel fast, just fruit and veg, so no meats and no sweets. And then the last seven days, we just do liquid. I know, some, some Listen, whenever I speak about fast, people go, why am I here? I do not need to hear this. Of course, we want to encourage you to be spiritually led and not physically led. And, and the, the thing Jesus actually said to the disciples at one point, he said, you guys are um, too connected to the world. You're, you're perverse and you're faithless. So, so you're too connected to the world and you, you've got too little faith. And he says, but this comes out through prayer and fasting. So, so prayer connects you to God and fasting disconnects you from the world. In a way, it disconnects you from your flesh. But, but whatever you feed will win. And, and beginning of the year, we encourage you to feed your spirit so that you're spiritually led for the rest of the year. But I wanna say this up front, Jesus was not busy, he never rushed. Jesus lived in the moment. It's crazy, there were moments where people stopped him. Jairus comes to him, says, my, my daughter's ill, I need you to come. Jesus turns and starts walking in the direction of where his daughter's at. 
a woman with the issue of blood pushes through the crowd and gets to him. She's a lady who's been sick for many years, and somehow, even in a sickness, Jesus is not walking at a pace where she couldn't catch him. She touches the hem of his coat. He stops, turns around, speaks to her. She gets healed, turns back around. Jairus has just got the report that his daughter's died. Jesus then says, no, come, let's go. He's like, no, no, you don't need to come. She's dead. No, no, let's go. She'll be fine. And what does he do? Does he run? No, he walks to his house. It's crazy. It's like Jesus almost teaching Jairus a lesson, saying, you know, right now you think she's dead, but I want to let you know that, that I hold life. I made time. Life and death are in my hands. Time is in my hands. I've got the whole world in my hands so we can walk there. And if you put your life in my hands, you're putting your life in the one's hands who holds life, holds time. So we can walk there. You don't have to rush. With me, nothing's impossible. It's not about what you can do. It's about what I can do through you as you trust me, as you start to follow me. So, so Jesus was in the moment, it's crazy. You know, he, he comes to earth. He, he lives 30 years on this earth before he steps into a ministry season. Prepares. And then before he steps into the ministry season, he has spent 40 days in the wilderness. He, he connects with God through prayer and fasting. And of course, then the, the devil comes to tempt him. Then he starts to minister. He chooses 12. He equips them, teaches them kingdom principles. He faces um, the opposition of the, the Pharisees. Um, he does great miracles. He feeds people. He connects with people. And he does it walking. He's never rushed. He, he even enters a town victoriously on a donkey. He could have chosen a horse. He got a donkey. Donkeys would never have got speeding fines in that time. He didn't get a horse, he got a donkey. It's like he's trying to teach us something that he never ran once. Of course, what's crazy is even in that time, he fulfilled 351 Old Testament prophecies while he lived. And he never ran once. In Mark 2 verse 14, it says, As Jesus walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. You know, as Levi followed him, Do you think Levi would have had to run after him? No. Since as Jesus walked along, Levi would have walked with him because Jesus never ran. And I wanna ask you, if you are always on the run, are you following Jesus? If you're always rushing, are you really following Jesus? You know, if the devil can't make us bad, this is um, Corrie Ten Boom said this, if the devil can't make you bad, he will just make you busy. If the devil can't make you bad, he will just make you busy. It's crazy. When you don't give yourself to rest, it's like what you don't give, you lose. It's like, you know, even a tithe, it says the tithe belongs to God. So you can't actually give it, because it really belongs to God, you have to bring it. But it's crazy, what you don't bring to God, you lose. Because sometimes we find money that isn't 
that, that doesn't honor God, God can't rebuke the devourer from it. Have you ever found that, that, that when you don't give yourself to rest, you almost lose good rest? Because you get sick and now you're forced to rest. Have you ever been forced in a sabbatical? You're looking at my leg. Have you ever been forced to slow down? I've torn my Achilles tendon twice over four months now. When I sat in the cast, I had to just sit. I couldn't drive. My natural instinct is to move. I must be honest with you, I want to move, I want to do stuff. So even when I've done research on this, I looked at Craig Rochelle, I looked at Levi Lasko, I looked at uh, John Markoma, I looked at guys who've spoken into this and looked at scripture because my natural instinct is to do something. I struggle to rest, and, and when I don't give myself to rest, I find that rest is forced on me. And the rest then you get that isn't as beneficial as the rest you could give. You, you need to give yourself to rest, but here's another thing, is great rest comes off productive work. You won't rest well if even though you're at work, you're just on your device. Because you know there's no stewardship there. So you'll actually be frustrated in your rest. People who don't work hard struggle to rest well. That's why I've also been very aware of the teaching that's going throughout the church where people have tried to make a theology of just resting. But great rest comes from great work. Because it says we work six days. God works six days and rests on the same. Some people want to rest six days and works on the seventh. I'm like, work's a blessing. It came before man's sin. It's a blessing. But if you work well, you're productive, you'll rest well. But you need to find that balance. So you work hard and you rest well. So Jesus invites us to a brand new rhythm and Mark 11, 28 to 30 uh, speaks about it in the Message Bible. Um, and this is Eugene Peterson here, of course, put the Message Bible together. This isn't a word for word translation of the Bible, but it's like a devotional Bible. And he says it like this. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. So, of course, he's saying if you come to me, I'm going to give you rest. You'll recover your life. You'll live freely and lightly. But we struggle with this because life is moving at such a speed. It's crazy. People say that you and I run because of two things. We run through this life either because we're running from something or to something. So you're running from your past. I made that mistake, my failure, my insecurities, my hurt, my abuse, and if I, if I slow down, it's gonna catch up. And what if I return there? And what if I do this again? And I encourage you to do our Freedom View group because freedom helps you close the door on your past and walk through the door that Jesus opened for you that no man can shut. But you can't live with an open door from your past and you're running from it because that's what you do. You think you somehow, if you are gonna get away from your past, but but Jesus is the one who can sort out your past and he can help you. Or you, you're running too. You, you're single, you go, one day when I'm married, I'm just gonna be so happy. He's running too much. 
some people are running for marriage so much, they're like, this church, there's no one here for me, I'll run to the next church. No one here for me, this church, I'll run to the next one. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the scripture says those who are planted flourish. You're not flourishing, you're just running. You know what I mean? Somebody meets you, you're shallow, you've got no roots. Hey, I'm ready. What have you been doing? I've been running after marriage. Marriage is going to save me. You know, Jesus saves you, bro. So you're running. It's like you, like, I came to church. <laughs> I came to church and it was for coffee and girls. That was it. But I was 18 and then Jesus changed my life. But you're running to something. You're running to success. If I just get this degree or if I get this job, some of you are running to money. I have this much money. If I buy this house or buy this car, some of you are running to, to social media influence. If I get this much, I'll be an influencer. If I get this many subscriptions to my YouTube page, you're just running and then, then I'm gonna be happy. What's crazy is uh, you're chasing after something that's gonna leave you empty. Because you and I, and we said it last week, we're made for a person and a place. You're made for Jesus as the person, the place is heaven. You've got a God-shaped hole. And the only one who can fulfill you is Jesus. You need to put Him into your life, and then all those other things are blessings. But without Jesus, you're gonna try to attain those things, and, and they're actually gonna, yeah, they're gonna hurt you. They're gonna drain you. See, you must remember, you meet that, that spouse, and you haven't got Jesus, you're gonna ask that spouse to fill that God-shaped hole. And then when they can't, you're gonna resent them. I thought you were gonna make me happy. Then he, he or she doesn't make you happy. You're like, you know what's gonna make me happy? If we have children. And then you get children, and at the beginning they love you. Then they get older and they don't wanna know you. <laughs> they want you to change your surname. Please dad, don't tell people that we know each other. So you're running off to something that's gonna drain you. And some of you guys are saying, Andre, but, but you don't understand, my life's busy. I've got a full-time job. You work at the church, you guys don't do work on Sundays. <laughs> Craig Rochelle says it like this, you have time for what you choose to have time for. You do, you have time for what you choose to have time for. You haven't got any less time than anyone else on this planet. You get 24 hours. God's not trying to trick us. He set it up. He's given us time. He even shows us the pattern of the week. Most of us work five-day weeks. God works six days. And He found rest. He taught us to rest. So there is a way for us to, to do this and live well. And I'm gonna give, quickly give you some stats on how people are spending their time in America. Um, the average American spends 706 hours a year on social media. You're going, but I'm not average, Andre. I'm above average, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> if you work that out, eight hour day, it's almost four and a half, uh, four and a half months of working hours. And, and a lot of us are doing it at work. <laughs> and, and you're wondering, you're going, yeah, but I feel so tired, I felt drained, I wasn't productive. You're using your time for something that's draining you. you only, I find when I work well, I, find, I can release myself to rest well. I sleep better at night when I work hard. We were designed to to be stewards of what God's given us. Um, TV time, uh, binge watching um, in America, and these are current stats, 2,737 hours of TV in a year. 
Kids Church, they're going off. Kids Church, come on. And this is one for the guys. The average guy by the age, by the time he reaches 21, spends 10,000 hours playing video games. I laugh at that because I've never played a video game. I'm very bad at it, so I've never played video games. But I am judging those guys who have. <laughs> Think about the amount of money you've spent on video games. Um, what you could have done, if you used those uh, 10,000 hours and you got 20 rand an hour up to, you know what I mean? Uh, you, could have got, you could have made 200,000 rand. Uh, they say if you uh, started reading, you'd read 2,000 books in that time. Uh, you could learn to play the piano, uh, become a pilot. You could memorize the New Testament easily. You could have studied a full degree. Uh, you could have reconciled relationships and you could even prepare yourself to be a healthy spouse. There were so many things you could have done besides TV games. But, but a lot of us are doing things that we think are gonna refresh us. And then you go to work and you go, bro, I'm burnt out, bro. What have you been doing? Well, I've just, I just been like watching TV. Like, listen, you binge watch it, go for it. But I promise you, you're not gonna feel better. You're not gonna feel better because you watch social media or look at social media all the time. You're not. You're not gonna feel more rested. So you and I need to make, take responsibility for the time. So the reason we don't have time uh, for what matters is because we mindlessly spend um, our time on what doesn't matter. We just, we just, we're sort of on the treadmill. Um, we're looking for likes and we, these things are popping up that we search and like, how did they know I was, you know what I mean? Did they hear me? I was speaking about it. You see it's popped up on the phone. But um, hopefully they're listening right now because then they can hear the gospel. Anyway, so... So, so here's the thing, the solution is not more time, the solution is more of what matters most. The solution is not more time, solution is more of what matters most. You know, you know what's crazy in Genesis when God created the earth? When He made animals, He blessed it, he said multiply. When He made man, He blessed it, and then multiply. And then on the seventh day, he, he, he like sort of, in a way, made rest. He just showed us, this is the rest day. And then it says He blessed it. It was crazy. So, so he said to the animals, multiply. He said to, the, to man, multiply. Then he, he blessed rest. There is something that will come from great rest that will multiply into your week and change your week. And for, it allows you to live and focus on what matters most. God has put a blessing on rest. And like I said, people rest well who work hard. You don't twiddle your thumbs and roll over in your bed and press the snooze over and over and over and over. But, but there's a blessing on work, but then when you rest, you're even more blessed. And so, so if we can focus on what matters most, John Mark Comer says this, and it's very interesting. He, said, he asked the question, who is God? And of course, the answer, God is love. We all agree? Then he goes, what's the greatest command? Then the answer to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. You guys agree? Then he says this, the greatest command is love. I wanna let you know that love is incompatible with hurry. You say, Andre, I'm always in a hurry. Well, you're gonna struggle to love. If you are living in a massive hurry, I have no doubt there's less love in your life. Because he says, love is patient, love is kind, love takes time. Hurry has no time for love. 
Have we got enough time for our kids, parents? Or are we always in a hurry? You know, my kids are seven and nine. They're never gonna be that age again. I'm never gonna get this back. When my daughters were born, they, yeah, so my, my wife's a medical doctor and she was always on calls. Like, so, so we got married and she did a final year of studies and then she, she um, started working for the government and they would do, at that point, she'd be gone for 30 hours during a shift, there, back, work. And then I would, I would, of course, wake up in the morning go for a massive surf ski, like an 8K surf ski, get back at night after work, go surf sunset, you know, just go. On my day off, I do six hours of surfing. But anyway, like I was like, <laughs> like surf, 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 surf some more, surf, anyway, surf, surf, surf. It was awesome. Then we had children. And I needed to settle that the waves were going nowhere. But my daughters, I'd never get that time back. Do you know what I did? For five years, packed up the surfboard. I'm not trying to say, uh, I'm saying I needed to decide that. I'm asking you, what do you need to decide to get out your life because it's gonna cause you to hurry past the opportunity to connect with your family, connect with your spouse, connect with your kids. What is causing you to hurry past the opportunity to love the people around you. I encourage you to get that out the way. So quickly, can I have some keys up? I'm gonna give you three quick practical points that hopefully will help you. So because we want to find this rhythm of grace, number one, let's be present in the moment. I want you to know that God's blessing is there right there for you to partake in. And God can do more with you being present than with you worrying about tomorrow. Bible even teaches us, don't, don't worry about tomorrow, then it's got enough worries of its own. Like focus on now, like be present. When you're with your spouse, talk to your spouse. When you're with your friends, be there. If somebody needs prayer, be genuine. When you're at work, enjoy it. Sometimes it's just thanking God for what you got that awakens you to be present. But when you're not thankful, you might rush past it. So even every morning, I seek His mercy. His mercy in you every morning. I wake up, I speak to Him. I actually walk around my house and I thank God for it. I look out, thank God. This year, for Cape Town, you guys know that we got voted best city in Africa again. We got voted best city. Like um, I saw, uh, Leanne showed me this famous star wrote, if you, he, he actually put up a post, he was just in South Africa, and he wrote this, this American star, he wrote, just went back to Africa, been going there since I was a child with my parents. If you haven't been to Cape Town, you've never really lived. He travels all around the world. The reason I'm telling you this is, some of you guys are thinking the grass is greener somewhere else. <laughs> Until you move there, oh my, at. Like the favorite song there is, let it rain, let it rain, anyway. But I want you to wake up and thank God for what you got. You'll find you'll be more present in the moment. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my spouse. If you're without a job, thank you for the opportunity to look for a job today. You know that I was without work for a few months. I, I finished school and I was so stressed. And I had a friend who came to me and said, one day you're gonna have a job. 
but then you'll never have the time like you have now. So what are you, how are you gonna structure your day? I encourage you to thank God for today. Look for a job and then after you've looked for four hours or made the phone calls, gone to it, I'll release you to do stuff that you'll never be able to do once you got a job. And it actually changed my mindset. And I had a month before I got a job. And, and, and he just taught me to be grateful, to live in the moment. Because a lot of you are stressing about saying you haven't got, that you will overlook what you do have. You won't be grateful for it. You won't live in the moment. Number two, choose what's important, eliminate what's not. You're gonna have to choose what's important. You're gonna have to tell me, was I made for a person or place? Is, is what Jesus is gonna say about my life the most important? You know the greatest life? Is, it's the one where the people closest to you love you. Not when people who sort of know you love you, but the people close to you don't. The, the great life is actually honoring God and, and really treating your family well. Who cares what people who don't really know us say? And I'm not saying them the wrong way, but I'm just trying to get you focused. Because we're living in a world that, that we get the likes of people who don't really know us, but the people who do, do dislike us. And so I encourage you to decide what's really important. And because of that, because of my yes to what's important, I'll, be able, easy, I'll easily be able to say no to what's not important. The single most valuable currency you have to spend in this season is your attention. Two people who had, who knew what was important was David and Daniel. David had a lot of stress. He fought a lion and a bear, tried to eat his sheep. He fought Goliath. Then Saul sort of said, you can marry my daughter and they have no taxes if you defeat Goliath. So he marries Saul's daughter. Saul starts to dislike him, becomes a fugitive. His father-in-law is trying to kill him. You know what I mean? He, he fights wars. He has quite a few things. So he has pressure. And he says this in Psalm 55 verse 16. I'll call on God and the, the Lord will rescue me. I love this. Morning, noon, and night. I'll call on God and He'll rescue me morning, noon, and night. Daniel says it like this. There was this decree that they couldn't pray in the land. And, and once Daniel heard, and he was already a man of prayer, says now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, this is Daniel 6 verse 10, his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day. I reckon it would have been morning, noon, and night. This is what I love. He prayed to get thanks before God as was his custom since early days. Who'd have thought what would get Daniel through these hard times is what he used to practice as a little boy. You know, people overlook the power of the little things daily and weekly and the accumulated interest that comes from it. You know, oh, what's the big deal if I miss church? There's something powerful. Just keep coming every week. Come on. You might find your breakthroughs in five years' time, but you'll be one Sunday closer. Better is one day in the course of that. Like, like wake up. Mercy's on you every morning. You know, I pray over my daughters and my, my, my wife every day. I pray over you guys every day. I believe there's something. We might get breakthrough in 10 years' time, but it might be 10 years of prayer. It's gonna come. And, and you go, is it really working for you? Well, I'm just keep, do, keep doing it and I feel really blessed. But, but what I'm creating is this framework. And anyone watch The Block? Anyone been get, like, I watch The Block and I watch it. Just, 
contest with like me and one other person. We really need to promote that program better. Anyway, but so they, they did the front garden uh, week and I watched it on catch up and, and um, this one family from Perth and um, they did this this um, like antenna it looked like an antenna in front garden but of course they were going to put a plant in it and, and then one day when it grew it would sort of uh, would grow into the framework and it would actually create this awesome um, garden that, that would sort of take away street noise and also call, have, have a there'd be green on your eye always and the other contestants actually laughed <laughs> the antenna, bro. <laughs> and when the judges came in, they were like, wow, look what they've done. They created this and it's going to bloom one day. I can just imagine how beautiful it's going to be. It's like the judges could see it. You know, I reckon David and Daniel, by God's grace, put this framework for fruit to grow on. And, and I want to ask you, what's the framework of your life? Are you putting something in your life that will allow the fruit of God, patience, love, kindness, joy to grow in your life? Or are you just living this life and hopefully this works out? I encourage you to, a lot of us are saying, one day when God does this, the big breakthrough, and we overlook the, the faithful obedience, the obedience in the right direction over a long period, what it can do, the accumulated, powerful. I'm more excited about what God can do with my obedience over 50 years than what He can do in one day. I'm more excited about that because I believe there's so much more because God, God wants to honor the faithful and committed. And I, there's so much more for your marriage. I had this one guy come to my house and he, he just stopped there and he said, me and my wife had this big fight and I used to have a drinking problem and, and I went out with friends and I came home and I, I stank of beer and it reminded her of my past. And, and she took the kids and drove to a friend's house. He says, I'm so angry. He says, I, I like, want to get her back. I said, cool. I said, but based on your future hopes and dreams, what's the best decision now? So I said, and before you answer that, I want to ask you, do you want to dance with your daughters at their wedding? He said, yes. I said, would you love to dance with your wife at their wedding? He said, yes. I said, would you love to watch a sunset with your wife when you're very old? He said, yes. I said, based on that dream, what's the best thing to do right now? And he said, I'm gonna phone her and apologize. I said, well, that's a great decision. Who would have thought one basic apology and reconnection can get you to that sunset? But I promise you it's worth it. Stay committed, stay connected, build some framework. What are you doing based on your future hopes and dreams? And lastly, Sense God's presence and recognize His voice. Sense God's presence and recognize His voice. That's crazy. There's two sisters, Mary and Martha. And Jesus goes to their house and Martha's working in the kitchen. Rightly so. It's her house. She's hosting. But Mary sits at Jesus' feet and Martha comes and says, Jesus, Mary is doing nothing, just like my two daughters would do. Daddy, you see Juliana's not... Like, and then Jesus says, you're worried about many things, but Mary's chosen the one thing that she needs to do, and she needs to sit there. And so she sat and she listened. She, Jesus was present. She, she got everything out the way to be close to Jesus and to lean her ear and be attentive. And what's crazy is that same woman later on takes um, perfume and breaks it over Jesus' feet. And the disciples go, what's she doing? One guy even says, what a waste of money. 
And Jesus says, she understands. Even the disciples understand. She, this, is, this is the only opportunity to prepare me for the cross. How did she understand? How the heck did she get it and the disciples didn't? I reckon it's when you just honor God's presence and listen to His voice. It's, it's like it prepares you for more. It's like it positions you to be part of the breakthrough. You know, COVID comes, you're like, no, I have a sense that God's still gonna do more. Yeah. I don't know what's gonna happen, Andre, where are we going? Have you heard His voice yet? You know, I find when I get into His presence and He just speaks into my heart, I'm in a way better position. And I don't run off making bad decisions. So I encourage you, sense God's presence, recognize His voice. So yeah, Jesus is walking. He's walking through this life. And if you follow Him, you'll also be walking. But even as you follow Him, the question is, where was Jesus walking? Because He walked through this life. He, he empowered the 12, He healed people. He, he did all these things, even rode in a donkey. Where was He going? He was going to the cross. He was gonna lay his life down for you. I want, you, I want to make you aware of this. People who walk with Jesus are walking towards the most generous outward looking life they've ever lived. They're walking towards living for others. And when they sacrifice, they see it as a privilege. Even if it was just for one, they go, I'll do it. So even as you walk with Jesus, I believe you're gonna live your best life because the world of the generous, Jesus pointed out, gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets more. When you follow Jesus, you're walking towards such a generous outward looking life. And sacrifice will become a great joy to you because you know how much it will bless others. But it's easy to be blessed when Jesus is your all, to be a blessing when Jesus is your all, because you're too blessed not to be a blessing to others. So maybe you haven't been following Jesus. Maybe you haven't even received Him as your Savior. I wanna give you an opportunity tonight. Maybe you, you've drifted. Maybe you used to follow Him and you used to walk with Him, but you've, you've stopped. You know, a simple way to look at it is Jesus is first. He's never come second, he's never come third, he's never come fourth. He's only come first. If he's not first in your list, he's not on your list. Maybe you say to me tonight, Jesus is not on my list. See, salvation is not only about receiving the forgiveness of your sins. It's also about making him the Lord of your life. And he's the Lord of your life when he's first in your life. And that's the best way to have, position to have him because that's when you can follow him. And so if there are people here tonight who need to come back to God, put Him first place, receive the free gift of salvation for the first time for some of you, I encourage you to do that with every eye closed and online as everyone's watching. Why don't you prepare yourself? Of course, Scripture says, as you acknowledge Christ before others, Christ will acknowledge you before your, our Father in heaven. So all I'm gonna ask is, I'm gonna pray for you. I'll lead you in a prayer, but you just give me a word. Say, Andre, I, I want you to lead me in that prayer. And you just acknowledge. And we've got one or two leaders who, who are also gonna be praying for you, but everyone else got their eyes closed. If that's you, and you need to put Jesus first in your life, you need to receive the free gift of salvation. I'm gonna count to three, and then you can just say, Andre, you, God spoke to me in this message. I need to respond. One, God loves you so much. 
Scripture says there's nothing you can do to make him love you more or less. Two, today's the day of salvation. Three, pop your hand up. Awesome. Awesome. Just quickly, for anyone we missed, awesome. Anyone else, just pop your hand up again if we missed. Awesome. Awesome. Just people responding. You can put your hand down again. Thank you. Let's pray this as a church family. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying for me on the cross, for forgiving me of all my sins as I come to you and ask you to forgive me. Today, I also wanna make you Lord of my life, put you first in my life. I confess that you are the Son of God. I believe in my heart. God raised you from the grave. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's just thank Jesus in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. So don't miss out. Next week, we've got Leanne in the morning, uh, Martine in the evening doing our second week of Rhythms of Grace. Um, then if you are new and you wanna take a growth track step or, or get any information as you walk out the doors, we've got a next steps area. You can find out our view group, dream team. And then of course this Tuesday, we'd love to see you. I'll be there at growth track. Growth track's your first step. If you've been here for one week, one month, one year, and you haven't taken the step, it's still your first step. And even we've just recorded a brand new growth track. So it's got even better. So if you did the, the previous one, you did the one that wasn't as good as this one. Anyway, like, you know what I mean? Now you, you need to come back again. Um, but I encourage you to come back. And then just for uh, our View Church Table View location people, we got a meeting about a transition on Tuesday night. We'd love for you to be there. If you want more info, we will be mailing it out on Wednesday. Um, so I encourage you to be there. If you have any questions, if you're a dream teamer or a part in the church, why don't you come on Tuesday night? I'll host you in this room. Growth Track is gonna be in the Kids Church Hall. I'll be going between both locations but have an awesome Sunday. Cool.